break them down in twos. <laughs> nah, we do. Baby, read. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Some little big old women got to learn two words down there. What's that? I'm full. <laughs> All right, everyone. Welcome to an edition of the Ball Street Journal podcast. It's been some time, but there's so much NBA news happening right now that we just had to do a pod. I have. Nashawn and Sandeep on the line. It's been some time since all three of us have been doing a pod together. Um, huge trade news yesterday. <laughs> we thought that Anthony Davis was going to be the biggest star traded. That didn't happen, or it hasn't happened yet. Porzingis all of a sudden goes into a meeting with the Knicks, and like within 30 minutes later, he's traded to Dallas. And uh, Nashawn, I'm going to let you have the floor. So tell me what was your initial reaction, and now it's been like a day. Like, what are your thoughts now? You know, let me be honest. It was the first time I was finally feeling good about the Knicks tanking. We had been moving up the rankings in terms of uh, hopefully getting a good asset this offseason. Wait, what rankings are you talking about? Moving up the draft rankings, obviously. The only rankings that matter. Oh, the draft. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what power rankings you're reading. No, no, the draft rankings are the only rankings that matter, clearly. Uh, and for the first time in probably three years, I put on some of my Knicks gear. I wore it to work, and uh, halfway through the day, uh, I get a text from a Jay saying that uh, KP's been moved. And uh, first, ultimate jinx. First off, I just complained to my coworkers for 20 minutes, none of none of whom watch sports, <laughs> so they were like, "What what the crap are you talking about? And who who are you talking about? What, why does anyone care?" Um, and <laughs> You know, I'm a little bit heartbroken because KP was this guy that like no one believed in. Um, Even when he got drafted by the Knicks, everyone was like, who is this guy? He was like the, he was the ray of hope. He's like the guy that we've been waiting for to come back probably next season. And he was our, he was the guy that I thought would be able to bring Kevin Durant in. So my my first reaction was like, oh shit, we're probably not going to get Kevin Durant now because KP is one of the few guys that Kevin Durant has outwardly spoken about and like has raved about and you know the unicorn nickname was given by KD and so I was really hoping for the for for KP to be able to entice him to to New York and so at first I was like crap the Knicks are done another Knicks doing Knicks kind of move where they're trying to rebuild and all of a sudden they blow it up because they're just like all their Knicks fans or all their New Yorkers they're too anxious to let a good thing happen to them and uh you know after settling down a little bit um thinking a little bit more about the trade i still think that the trade was bad i think uh it was a bad trade only because this was the knicks doing damage to themselves they signed courtney lee to a bad deal and they signed um tim hardaway jr to a historically bad deal and they had to give up a young (laughs) asset in order to get off of that contract and they didn't even get that much in return i'm I'm surprised that they pulled this trigger so quickly i wonder if they could have waited till the trade deadline to let him go anyway and seeing if they could get more in terms of future assets um as long as they were able to get courtney lee and tim hardaway jr off would would it have really even mattered um but now with more news coming out um as every other nick fan i'm getting a little bit more optimistic Hopefully seeing uh, Kyrie and KD reuniting in New York. (laughs) Though, to be honest, this would just be a movement for them to try to come to a a franchise that's been doomed for so long to turn their fortunes around because there's no one in New York 
right now that they would want to play with. So I think unless these unless two free agents talk and decide they're coming to New York and sign like, you know, right one after one the other, it's going to be really, really hard for the Knicks to be able to be alluring. So I think this offseason goes as such. Either they whiff and they end up giving, you know, guys that are good, but maybe not the uh, the, the the change that the Knicks need like maybe they'll give Kemba Walker and Tobias Harris max contracts and that's going to be the Knicks for the next you know five years or they really do something that um, is a little bit unprecedented for, for Knicks fans everywhere and give us some hope um, until then <laughs> why did the why did the Knicks think this is going to work again they already ran it with Amari and Melo and Tyson Chandler do they really think that's going to work the second time around? Well, so they didn't run it with Amari and Tyson Chandler and Carmelo, right? Because they all that well, offseason the they the whole give up your future for future for a potential you know all, all NBA players. Yeah, I mean, they, right, which is what they're trying to do again this well, time. Well, they did it for they did it for Amari, right? Amari, honestly, back back then they had really cleared the space to get Dwayne Wade and LeBron James. And, LeBron, and actually, yeah. and actually, both of them yeah. were leaning towards coming to New York, as far as all the reports that I've seen and heard, even since all the way back then. And what happened was they met with the management of New York, and surprise, surprise, you know, they weren't the Knicks weren't able to get the deal done, and that's why they went to Miami. Uh, yeah. So, the, yeah, so, so why did the like... why are the Knicks so confident that that it, that they can? actually be successful this time around nothing's changed in management if anything isn't it obvious deep there's clearly been uh, bad channels happening and tampering going on like (laughs) i mean i mean not saying it is obvious but i think they must have gotten a hit from kd like that's got to be the only way i mean i'm just like boggled at how bad the knicks are being managed i mean Deshaun said this was a bad trade it's not a bad trade it's a horrendous trade it depends it depends on the lens right you can't evaluate this trade until the summer you can't judge this trade yeah, you can't judge yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll, July. We'll see how Kristaps plays when he comes back, but let's say he does come back and plays just as well he was before. No, no, but this has nothing to do with how Kristaps is going to play, right? This the this future had to do this trade had nothing to do with how good or bad Kristaps is going to be for the rest of his career. This trade had to do with who can they get in this offseason, right? Because even if they got off of Tim Hardaway yeah. and Courtney Lee's contracts this offseason by some other way of trading them away, they still would have only been able to sign one max contract with KP. And I think part of it's that... So yeah. is KP and one other max player not good well, enough? Well, I think part of the problem is that KP didn't want to be there anymore, at least from what the news is coming out as. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. who's to say that even if they sign KP to the restrictive free agent extension that just like AD and Kyrie that soon soon into his tenure there he was going to be asking to get away from the Knicks I mean there there must have been something in the uh, in the front office that showed that this was a irreparable uh, divorce that was going to happen yeah. and they just wanted to pull the plug early now do I think the trick and, and you don't no I was going to say you don't want to keep KP if uh, and pair him with the potential free agent if he's not happy with the Knicks like any free agent that's going to come there like he's going to yeah. tell them like hey man I'm not really that happy here there's not a place you want to play it exactly so I'm thinking like so what's going through the Knicks mind right now in their front office that that they think they're so attractive to all these max free agents that are coming out next summer or this summer it's it's I think I think all the reports I've seen it's the first time where there's enough space for two max guys like there's always space for one max guy uh, but 
you never had this where like KD can come and it's like, all right, like KD, like pick who you want to play with. Because um, I think the Knicks realized no one wants to come on their own because they're not that attractive to a, a max free agent. But now it's like we ha- we can give a max free agent the option to play with another max player of his choosing. Not and also choosing. it's the Eastern Conference. So I think part of it's like, you know, if you went to the West, even with two max spots, that might still not get it done with the Warriors there. In the East, two two max exactly. guys, two, let's say, top 10 players uh, can get them to the finals. I mean, I don't think that's that's inconceivable. Obviously, there's going to be some depth and role players that need to be added, but you can go about that in many different ways. Well, I mean, the draft pick that the Knicks are going to have now will definitely I, help with that depth. I mean, if it's top Well, so I was, I was uh, thinking about it. I mean, to be honest, the this is the worst possible year for the Knicks to have tanked. I mean, for... 20 years they've been semi-tanking and always ending up you know with a uh, mid to late end lottery pick and this is the one year that they decide to tank and you know with the 2019 draft odds everything is different even if they were finished with the worst record there's a 48 percent chance that they end up with the fifth overall pick 48 that's huge yeah, it's it's only fourteen percent. It used to be twenty five for the first pick. Now it's only fourteen. Yeah, I mean, for there's the there's pick. there's as good of a chance that they're going to end up with the fifth overall pick uh, as first, second, third, and fourth combined. I mean, that's that's insane. Yeah, and I think like everyone's fearing with this draft, it's like it's Zion or bust. Like, I mean, there's other players, but it's like Zion's like a, a class above everyone else. Ah, uh, man, the Knicks. Wait, even if the Knicks end up with the last pick, there's still a runner for the fifth spot in the Even draft. if they finish with the worst record, they have yeah. a 48% chance that they'll get the fifth overall pick, and they have a 13.4% chance yeah. that they're going to get the first overall pick. Oh, wow, the Knicks definitely screw this one up. Um, in more ways I, than I, one, though. I mean, yeah, before it used to be that if you had the worst record, the, fourth, the worst you could do yeah. is you get the fourth pick. Now it's like you, it's like it, it, yeah. they made it to the fifth. I mean, so. uh, I'm okay with all this because suddenly my team is now the more attractive free agency destination. <laughs> so I, I'm fully on board with the Knicks screwing themselves I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I still like what the Knicks did here. I mean, if KP didn't want to... He clearly was unhappy. He wasn't showing up to like. The, I mean, but the, th- all no, the, but the reason KP like, is leaving is because he literally does not trust the front office, right? Yeah. So I mean, yeah, other players have, are seeing this. The, are they really going to but, forego all of that just so they could play Madison Square Garden? And no, but play the, the thing you're forgetting City? is like all the mistakes, like Courtney Lee and Tim Hardaway. They were all like Phil Jackson's mistakes. Like no, 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 no. Phil Jackson speakers. did not give Courtney Lee. Or Tim Hardaway. He, Tim Tim Hardaway was Steve he Mills. It was Tim Hardaway first, was after. It was the first yeah, signing after uh, Phil Jackson left. So that was, that was Steve Mills' oh, really? big okay, move. Sorry. When uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the ineptness goes throughout the entire. But but this is it's not just bo- both Jackson. of those decisions. I think were made before Scott Perry got involved. Um, okay, and he seems to be the key guy because everyone's saying that he was the assistant GM when Seattle drafted KD. I mean so. Take it I, I like... think I think the rumor mills, just like you know, you had that notes document for all the things that made LeBron, all, all the things that added up for LeBron to sort of make his trip to LA. I mean, the same thing is written in stone for both Kyrie and uh, for both Kyrie and KD, right? I mean, KD. uh, KD's agent, Rich, was it Rich Kleiman? Is that his name? Yeah, he said he wants yeah, to be, yeah. you know, he wants to be running the Knicks one day. I mean, can if if they're that close, can the Knicks offer like a front office position for Rich uh, in yeah. order to get KD there? KD wants to revitalize a different um, 
a franchise that's been in the dumps for so long. And he also has the guy that drafted him uh, on the Supersonics as yeah. a second overall second overall pick. Um, and then for Kyrie, he's New Jersey born. He's been talking about how he wants to get back closer to home. You know, the Nets are a franchise, but just, you know, they're not, they don't have the history that New York, like the Knicks do. Even though the Knicks have a shitty fr- history, they still have a history as being one of the <laughs> oldest franchises to exist. Um, and so, and, yeah. e- and everyone talks about playing in the mecca of basketball, Madison Square Garden, and these two may ultimately be able to make it happen. I mean, the Knicks have $74 million, I think, in cap space now in this and the second, yeah. And the second it's highest like a- <laughs> uh, team only has about forty forty five million dollars. So I mean, they they're way yeah. ahead of everybody else. Yeah. But um, yeah, just quickly, like I want to touch up on like the Dallas side of this trade. Um, so they clearly are on, in this phase where that we got Luca. We I think that kind of sped up their timeline because they realized, all right, this guy's a star. Um, and with the way they're seeing like other teams, with the the way they handle their superstars, if you wait too long to build around a superstar player that you have, they're eventually gonna like get on uh, restless and want to leave. So they're just swinging for the fences, and they're basically saying like, screw our draft picks in the future that's coming up. Like we're not besides the Luca pick, Dallas hasn't been like a great team like in the draft. Um, so they they basically sending they already sent one pick in the Luka Doncic Trey Young trade to Atlanta. So they don't have a pick this year. Now they said two more first-round picks, like probably 2021, 2023 to the Knicks. So they're basically saying screw the draft, and now they swung for the fences with Porzingis. But, I, I mean, I think me and Nishan were texting or talking about this. Like, a 7-3 guy uh, coming off of ACL, like, it's, it's iffy, right? Like, you don't know if he's going to be the same guy. And, I mean, not to mention, I mean, the ACL was the culmination of all the small injuries that KP had had. I'd watched many games where KP would leave in the middle of the game, miss a couple of games and come back. And, you know, there's a lot of big men who have that happen, right? Especially lower extremity injuries. It's not uncommon. Um, And I love KP and I hope he comes back. I hope he becomes a Western Conference All-Star. I wish nothing but the best for him. But uh, I think even Phil Jackson, back when he was running the regime, was always concerned about KP's health. And I wonder if that's what the Knicks saw. The, The Knicks saw that they have this guy who's... He's not. Uh, he's not a Nikola Jokic. You know, he's not. He's not 270 pounds or whatever Nikola is, seven <laughs> feet. Who has like who's built very well. He's he's a very lean seven three guy, um, who who puts a lot of pressure. And the way he plays is like, I mean, he's not a Sean Bradley kind of guy. I mean, KP's athletic and he plays athletic. Um, and I mean, I think this is this is a. Uh, I think there were pictures online about this being the next Steve Nash and Dirk Nowitzki, and I wouldn't go that. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I saw that. But, um, I mean, Luka Doncic is a trans, trans, uh, transcendent player, I think, already, and I think Kristaps Porzingis has a lot to show, um, and they have an exciting future ahead of them. And I think they actually did well because those draft picks, I think, uh, they didn't give up asset far enough in the future where I think it would be hurtful to them. Like I think. You know, if they had given up like 2027, 2028, there's a chance that KP and Luka could be gone from their team. But I think, you know, over the next four years, those guys are sort of locked in, whether it's going to be Luka's second contract or KP, uh, if he's still doing well uh, after he resigns, you know, his restrictive free agent contract, he'll st- still probably be there, at least for that first 2021 pick. That's true. And I mean, I feel like Tim Hardaway Jr. can be a good asset for them now, right? Like, I feel like he'll fit in on this team. He could just. 
Yeah, and the Mavs didn't even really give up that much. They gave up Dennis Smith Jr., who wanted to leave and wasn't going to get any playing time <laughs> behind Luka. Gave up DeAndre Jordan, who was going to leave anyway. Yeah. And then, like you said, the picks haven't been that great at drafting players late in the, you know, late in the first round. So, I for me, I think yeah. the Mavs, um, you know, Cuban being the shrewd businessman that he is, low risk, very high reward trade for the Mavs. Um, like you said, the, the ceiling for them could be another Steve Nash, Dirk Nowitzki situation, and I think it has all the makings of it. We know what KP can be, and I think it's part of the reason why we're kind of iffy about the trade on the Dallas side is because we know what KP can be, and we're not entirely sure if he can actually get back there with given the injury. Um, but, you know, I fully believe that he can get there, um, you know, with all the modern medicine that we have, and I think just... He has enough skills where he doesn't necessarily have to rely on his athleticism, right? We know he can shoot if he can be a spot-up shooter, if for whatever reason he loses part of his athleticism from this injury and his, and his rehab from it. Um, I think he still has enough in his game for it to be a worthwhile trade for the Mavs. Yeah, I think this is one of those trades, like, only time will tell, right? Um, kind of reminds me of the Paul George trade for Oladipo and Sabonis. Um <laughs> Not in the sense that, like, as we see it develop. So if you look, if you took it last year, people are saying, oh, Pacers won that deal because Paul George is probably leaving and Oladipo has become a star and Sabonis also looked really good. And now if you look at it, Paul George stayed. He's like an MVP candidate now and Oladipo suffered this very gruesome knee injury. So it's like now it's looking like the Thunder won the deal. So it's like crazy how, like, the tides can just shift in these trades. Like as Yeah, not to time. mention when that deal first happened, everyone thought that OKC won the deal by landslide because at that time, Vic, Vic was exactly. like, you know, <laughs> it was an afterthought for, I think he was third overall pick and he was like an afterthought because he's already been on, like, three different teams by then. Um, and so I think only time will tell. The Knicks, the Knicks it, swung yeah. big. And if they end up empty, then they're yeah. going to look very, very stupid. And I would be surprised if they end up getting nobody or if they end up getting uh, even Kemba and Tobias Harris, both of who would love to play in New York, I'm sure. Uh, I think that uh, Scott Perry <laughs> and Steve Mills should be sort of afraid for uh, for their jobs. And I think that the NBA should step in and make yeah. Dolan sell the team because he's clearly incompetent and should just stick to music since he's very talented. <laughs> yep. I mean, hopefully that's what he does now. But there's going to yes, be a riot Harry in New York Mills. City if they don't end up with KD and Kyrie or players of those caliber. If they end up with Tobias Harris as one of these two max contracts that they're going to give out, it's going to be a very bad look. Well, I'll just hope like they don't give out the money just because they need to. Hopefully they they don't make that mistake like what they did when they gave out contracts to, like Robin Lopez and all oh, these the guys. Scary the thing now I mean, is we, that if... I mean, we're talking about the fact that the Knicks have so much money like 40 million dollars more the reason they have so much money is because they literally have no other players on their roster that demands more money than they're making right well now. and the others <laughs> it's, it's it's all rookie other, contracts exactly so like you have the two mass contracts and a rookie a top potentially a top five rookie is that what they're going to roll with i mean well then you also have a couple of other guys that are going to become more seasoned right like i mean uh Kevin Knox has shown he belongs in the NBA. He's probably not going to be a superstar, but he can be a role player. Um, oh, yeah, his own, yeah. Yep. Well, he, he's probably not going to be a role player. His own, yeah, has gone. His own, But uh, Noah Vonley has been serviceable. I mean, it just depends on what kind of contracts these guys can get them for. And then also, you round out your team with veterans. I mean, you know, like I said, I don't know if two superstars are going to make them a championship team, but I guess it would bring excitement back to New York. 
Yeah. And I just love, I mean, just a quick point. Like, I was watching, uh, I just, like, tu- I tuned in into this Knicks-Celtics game. And I saw that the Knicks lineup that they have on the floor, like, they have, like, Kadeem. I've never heard of this player yeah. before, Kadeem Second Allen. over, uh, second, <laughs> second, 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 I think. Yeah, I don't know if you've heard of him, Sean, I, literally have no idea I, I was Christmas. like, I was like, there was the, the guys on the Knicks playing, now that they sent away, I mean, they basically sent away Hardaway, who was playing big minutes, and I don't know if they have plans to play Wes Matthews, DeAndre Jordan, because those guys may actually help them win games, which is not what the Knicks want. But they have, like, Luke Cornett, Kadeem Allen, No Molly. I was like, oh man, God. these Knicks, they're doing, at least doing a good job of tanking. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so just move, like, Sydney, uh, but I wanted to ask you about this. Did you see the Kyrie comments today? Yeah, talk to me in July. <laughs> yeah. Oh goodness. So this is a this is a guy on October fourth at like some Celtics like preseason event. He says like if you guys will have me like I want I'll come back or I'd love to come back next year, which kind of meant basically if the Celtics offer me the max like I'll come back because <laughs> um, he kind of put the onus on him uh, on the Celtics and then through the season you could tell like he was kind of getting. Um, restless and uneasy he was complaining about the young guys then I think the one no one saw coming was he's like I called LeBron and I apologize <laughs> for being like the he basically was like I'm sorry LeBron for being a dick like that's what I'm going through now with these guys who are <laughs> these young guys who are dicks on my team <laughs> and it like completely sent the wrong message and then today he was just like I don't anybody shit like basically telling like I don't need to well back with you know the reason but... he feels this way is because deep down in his heart he knows if this rose rule didn't exist like Danny would definitely be making calls to New Orleans right now. <laughs> he knows that's true, exactly. and everybody in the league knows that's true. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he hears it. Like every time, like people are like, "Oh, why can't the Celtics trade now?" It's like, "Oh, it's because they have Kyrie." And I'm sure, like he he's heard it so many times by now. Yeah, and you would think, like if the if the franchise was actually really committed to him, uh, they would have at least said something. You know, when all these trade rumors going around, it's like, "No, we have no intention of trading Kyrie even in the summer." Or not, not necessarily that they should have, but I feel like the fact that it didn't say anything speaks volumes too. I mean, Danny ain't. Yeah. Danny I mean, ain't has to... already proven that he. Sorry, has, Shaco, Yeah. He doesn't. He, there's nothing about loyalty for him, right? He runs. He runs that franchise as a business, and he <laughs> runs it very well. But there's no such thing as loyalty, and so, um, I, I mean, I, I, I can understand Kyrie Irving's um, point of view that let well let's see what July first offers let's see if they offer me the max contract or whether they want to keep me around like you know I think part of the part of it's that as well it's not just that he may not want to stay but it's also are the Celt does he really feel in his heart that the Celtics want him to stay I don't think he does yeah I don't think he does and you saw <laughs> you saw Anthony Davis's dad come up too <laughs> earlier today <laughs> I just saw that I just saw that yeah where he just brought up Anthony Davis's dad brought up the same point as Deshaun where yeah like he's like I don't want my son to play for the Celtics because they got no loyalty oh, goodness and I think even AD said that if he got traded to the Celtics he wouldn't even consider uh re-signing that it would, just, it would still be a rental well I think I think I think that's that's dependent on if Kyrie stays there or not I think the whole reason AD keeps saying he doesn't want to go to the Celtics is because he's not sure if uh, Kyrie's going to stay there yeah. isn't it kind of insane isn't it kind and, of insane that the Celtics who are a historically great franchise who have all the assets in the world who probably have uh, the second most talented young guy behind probably you know and Tatum behind maybe Ben Simmons um, and like they they're not able to attract 
superstars to come to them. I mean, you haven't heard ever heard like Kawhi say Kawhi's camp saying like, oh, he wants to go to Boston, or you know, even Ky- Kyrie. It's not like yeah. Kyrie asked to go to Boston. He was traded there, and he's finishing out his contract like he has to do. Yeah, they, I mean, the Celtics weren't on Kyrie's initial list. I think that's what people keep bringing up. Um, well, I mean, Nishan, you said it yourself. Like, like they treat it like a business, right? These guys are players. They don't want to be, you know, just seen as like a contract in the eyes of Danny Ainge, which. Clearly, he, that's how he views his players. Yeah, I mean, he—he, he, I think, he, yeah, every player is an asset for him. It's not like, and and like, it's not like he doesn't place any emotional value with his players. Clearly, yeah. In today's NBA, I feel like that's ultimately what's going to end up hurting them, um, and maybe not keeping them as relevant or as as uh, elite in the East uh, for as long as they wanted. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, this, this Kyrie stuff is just incredible. <laughs> But I mean, it's like, I think like all of us at some point in in our lives, like we made a decision and then we, you know, we have second thought thoughts about anything. That's what's happening here. It's just that when an NBA superstar, it happens to him, he just receives so much public criticism. But, you know, we've all had like, like made decisions and then we immediately had doubts about it. Or as you progress, like I think Kyrie himself said, like, you know, there was a lot of excitement leading up to that preseason event and he was just so excited to be back on the floor healthy yeah. and he just said this thing and everybody now when he's back backtracking everyone's like oh wow you, you weren't saying yeah, they were, I feel like they were <laughs> in the honeymoon well, phase. I think right they were in that honeymoon yeah, and phase part of it for Kyrie part of it for Kyrie was you know he wanted to leave Cleveland wanted to get away from LeBron and actually win a championship on his own you know kind of like what happened with Kobe right he wanted to win a championship without Shaq and he thought, and I, I feel like he was initially very excited about Boston, even though it wasn't on his list because he knew it was a chance for him to win a title. And then everything that happened mm-hmm. with this year, not seeing the development of the young guys, um, seeing teams like Toronto and Milwaukee and the Warriors just keep getting better. Um, like yep. you said, Ajay, just kind of rethinking about his choice and thinking like, yeah, maybe winning a chip on my own isn't as important as me just being personally happy. Yeah. Also, I think that the biggest and the biggest issue for the Celtics is that they signed Gordon Hayward and he hurt himself. I mean, I think all of this would be moot if Gordon Hayward was playing well. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And if yeah. Gordon Hayward was playing yeah. like how he does as a really great two two way player with who's like you know not that much of a diva who puts in his effort every single night, but right now he's he's going through something, and I think that's the frustrating thing is that. Uh, Brad Stevens wants to believe in him and wants to keep him on the court and let him play through all of these issues because he realizes that the playoffs, they're going to need a guy like Gordon Hayward because they're going to need that kind of veteran presence who's, I mean, it's not like Gordon Hayward's been to the finals, but he's 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 played many more games playoffs, than, yeah. um, than the rest of the squad. Yeah. I mean, on Utah, like he was the, when they beat the Clippers a couple years ago in the first round, like he was the best player on a, on a team that won a playoff series. I think that in the Western Conference, I think that's saying something. Um, but yeah, I mean, they have this max player who's not a max guy now, and they have two more years of him. And I don't think even Danny Ainge would be able to trade him at this point. I think Ainge would love to trade him if possible because <laughs> you just want to clear that way. I mean, Ainge is probably like losing his mind over the fact that he's paying a, a max money to a guy who's nowhere near a max player now. I mean, no fault of his own. Like, that was such a freak injury. Like, no fault of his own, but it, it, that's what the situation is now. Um,. But yeah, I think the so now obviously the other elephant in the room is like the Anthony Davis trade. That's probably not going to happen. I mean, obviously as a Lakers fan, I would love for it to happen now before the trade deadline. 
but it seems like the the Pelicans. Wait, why would you as why would you as a Lakers fan want it to happen so early? Oh, I mean, oh, we need to get him now because because if it if it goes to the summer, um, the Celtics can outbid us like by a lot. <laughs> yeah, but he's just gonna not sign with the Celtics and come back come to LA next summer. Yeah, but the problem is by then it's 2020. You, that's another season of LeBron that he's gonna be 35 in. By the time AD would get and, there, and who's to say the Lakers so, would hold on like to their cap no space, right? I mean, the Lakers may go out and sign another guy to not waste another year. They already did that this year. Who's to say they wouldn't? That LeBron wouldn't yeah. be like, "Yo, let's go get um, Kemba. Let's go get. Um, let's go trade Kawhi. for Bradley Beal. Let's go try to go for Kawhi, which who I don't think would come, but you know, because because he's a free agent, so he has a little bit more say. But who's to say that they wouldn't try to swing for the fences and not give AD like not wait another year for AD? Yeah, I mean, I, I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on this. Um, so it seems like, you know, the Pelicans GM is like, initially he was reported not even picking up the Lakers call. Then they said they did pick him up, pick up the call. The Lakers have offered everything. Like, the whole, they said take everybody that you want besides LeBron. But it seems like there's this, like, disdain for the Lakers um, throughout the league. But why don't the Celtics, like, suffer this same or, like, experience the same sort of disdain, like, I mean, deep like your you personally experience this. Like getting Ainge just like fleeces people on trades, well, and it seems like when, when like Ainge does this or a GM does it, it's okay. But people don't like the fact that the Lakers are doing it because it's LeBron, like the player and the agent, like Rich Paul, who's uh, running this show. Yeah. It's, and whereas in Boston, it's Danny Ainge, so it's like, oh, if the GM does it, it's okay. But because it's a player and agent doing it, like we hate this. Like, did you see Barkley's comments last night, dude? Yeah, well, I don't think it's this. Well, what what did Barkley say? He basically said Adam Silver should block any Anthony Davis trade to the Lakers because it's collusion <laughs> with Rich Paul oh. and uh, LeBron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think with the Lakers, it's more about like um, the Lakers kind of have this air about them where it's like we're the Lakers. You should want to come play here, right? Or you should send your players here because that's what your players want. The Celtics don't necessarily have that same kind of air about it. With Danny. The trades, when he makes them initially, it looks kind of good on paper. Like, I'll be the first one to tell you, I was like dancing in the streets when we got KG <laughs> and Paul Pierce on the team, <laughs> you know? And it wasn't until a year later when we realized, oh, wow, KG and Paul Pierce are shells of themselves and we mortgaged our entire future for two players who probably should be <laughs> on the end of our bench. Right? So the, it, I, I understand why teams trade with Boston because on paper it looks good. It's just Danny knows more than the other GMs somehow, some way, and swindles them out of it swindles them out of their resources. Like I said, with the Lakers, I think there's a um, there is a disdain from the rest of the league because everyone feels like the Lakers always take their players. Right? We saw what happened with Shaq, we saw uh, Dwight, we saw LeBron, and now we feel like LeBron has too much power in the league, and he doesn't. The the I feel like the dirty secret in the NBA is that. LeBron does pull strings through Rich Paul and through club sports, but he always has, you know, an alibi and says, "No, it's not my organization, right? I'm not the owner of the of the of the uh, agency. It's just my friend, uh, Rich Paul, right?" So everyone kind of knows what's going on, but they can't prove it. And then the fact that uh, you know the Lakers kind of lowered their their history and their championships, um, I feel like every other team is just kind of rolls their eyes at them. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. It, it sucks to be a Lakers <laughs> fan and have every other team hate you. 
um, but that's how we, the other NBA fans, feel. Yeah. So I mean, regardless, at, at this point, yeah, I don't think he's gonna be traded before. It's he, he. It seems like I mean, he seems like a nice guy. He's not pulled like what Kawhi did, which is basically quit on the team. If anything, it's the opposite here, where it seems like the Pelicans are just gonna sit him out for the rest of the year, even though. He but it makes sense, right? Because at this point, uh, like if they're gonna rebuild, they want to get a better draft pick, especially with these flattened odds. Even if they don't get down to like the last four teams, if they can get to like number six spot, they still have a chance. They still have a chance at the number one pick. Yeah, I mean the Pelicans have That's nothing true. to gain by playing AD. They're if they play AD, they're gonna play better. They're gonna lose their draft position, and then they also increase the risk of AD getting hurt. Right, so that's the last thing yeah. they want to do. We saw what happened with Boogie. Um, they had all yeah. these plans for the season, and then the injury to Boogie happened, and they kind of blew up in their face. Uh, so that's the last thing the Pelicans wanted to do. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of on the Pelicans' side on this one. If a player comes to me and says, hey, I don't want to play for your franchise anymore, then I'm going to tell him, all right, then you're not going to play. You're just going to sit around. Yeah, I kind of wish there was a way so that the player could not like if the player quits on the team that the team could quit like on the paying player like on in terms of their contract like especially not not as much with ad because he's willing to play but like with Kawhi last year i know there was an injury thing but i wish there was a way where like the team could be like no dude like because if if i don't go to work or if you guys don't go to work you don't get paid right and if Kawhi wasn't showing up for work obviously he had like their excuse was he had an injury but he wasn't showing up for work but he still got paid all of the money last year right which never ever makes sense to me right yeah, in the NBA, that's the thing. Like, unlike the NFL, like all these contracts are guaranteed, so it's well, even more power for the players. He didn't show up to work because he was quote unquote rehabbing his injury. Um, I mean, I'm a big Kawhi stan, so I'm going to believe that's what he was doing. Uh, but yeah, I, I feel like there should be the league should step in and kind of figure out how to regulate this. You can't have players coming up to their team a year and a half before their contract ends. <laughs> Right, I mean, at one point it was just the year of, or at one point it was close yeah. to the deadline, and now it's oh the yeah. summer before free agency, and now it's in the <laughs> middle of the season before the season that they become a free agent. Like this is literally this is getting out of hand now. I mean, th- this is the NBA now, right? Like it's just like who's the next superstar that's going to be disgruntled? And well, my question <laughs> is, do you guys think that this is the last, especially if AD gets moved and signs like an extension, this is the last off season where you're going to have like these kind of caliber players because the only guys that were signing one and ones were LeBron and KD but if KD signs a long contract this offseason you know you got KD under contract you got Kawhi under contract I don't really think Giannis is a guy that's going to move I don't think Embiid is a guy that's going to move yeah uh, Steph is uh, not going to go I was anywhere. just going to say Giannis because and, and like then if AD is under contract yeah. LeBron is under contract Kyrie is under contract and Sean I wouldn't left. say that though I would not say that because we all thought for the longest time Kawhi was going to be a spur for life. I mean, it was in the book. We all knew it was going to happen. All right. So I, I don't want to. I don't think it's fair to say that Embiid doesn't want to move, or um, you know, whatever other player you mentioned doesn't want to move. You never. We can't really. Well, that's a circumstance. I, I think the Kawhi thing was a very, very unique circumstance. I mean, you know, he had an injury and he felt like he wasn't medically treated correctly, and I think it left. He felt like it leveraged yeah. his future. That with with the you know I mean obviously there's always going to be family members and I'm not saying that it, I think that needs to be a thirty for thirty yeah right and That's I'm not and I'm not saying like you know Giannis and Embiid are not going to have no chance of becoming disgruntled but those franchises have done a very good job trying to get them to have players around them that can help them succeed right and so 
Yeah. You know, the other big stars that I could see moving in the future is like someone like Damian Lillard. But I think for the most part, these like top 10 guys, I think if this offseason AD gets traded and signs an extension, let's say with the Lakers, I think everyone that is big and all this day-to-day change, like day-to-day hoopla, I think that might get a little bit quenched at least for like a year or two until everyone gets disgruntled and wants to move again and you know we repeat the cycle of a year and a half out before people's contracts drop they're asking for trades i think the one thing that that no one's paying attention attention to is the fact that the super max contract has not really been that big a factor in keeping players in smaller markets i think if you kind of extrapolate extrapolate besides russ i think russ is the only exception yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's worth the opposite only three guys signed well the thing is like so the thing is like (laughs) if the the premise of the supermax right if over five years you're going to make 40 million more than if you went to another team but then if you extrapolate it out and say okay in seven years if the person if it if a player leaves the team that they were originally drafted by go sign somewhere else like a two-year deal and then signs a supermax with that new team i think that only really come out like 10 million dollars short right and for a, yeah i was just gonna say that for too. a player to go from a small market to a much larger market the caliber of these players 10 million dollars is gonna be nothing compared to how much they're gonna make off of things like endorsements or public appearances or even the ability to go play for a championship yeah but you know what the difference is i think the guys that were sitting in the front office making these decisions from the nba's perspective and coming up with the idea of having supermax forgot to take into account that this is a new generation and each generation has their own principal differences like i can say for a fact at least for my parents generation it was to make money save money and for the future right and i feel like our generation doesn't necessarily have that and we can see that permeating in the nba players i mean the nba players are no longer about you know just i mean people want to make money don't get me wrong but it's not exclusively about money it's about hanging out with your friends it's about you know d- deciding your own destiny it's about location of where you live it's about like it's it's about living life and, outside of and work. it's about and it's about legacy i think both ad and Kyrie said those two words specifically um you know in, in their last statements yeah and i think that's why in the 90s players yeah. used to stick with their team for so long because it was all about loyalty right and now that that word doesn't exist in the nba anymore there's no such thing as loyalty anymore our generation doesn't believe in loyalty and the franchises themselves have shown they don't believe in loyalty it's all a business to them and so i i think that that's that's the misstep when they had decided to put the supermax on the table when they had their last um you know last cba yeah well, i mean they basically did it because kd left and that was the cba right after Well, and and the and the model for winning has changed, right? I mean, back in the '90s when we first started watching basketball, if you had one All NBA player, that wasn't good enough for you to get get deep into the playoffs. Nowadays, you need two All Stars just to make the playoffs. You need at least All NBA, two All NBA guys to get to the conference finals and to the finals themselves. So I, I feel like players recognize a couple different things. One, they're going to be judged based on how many championships they win. Two, they want to leave a legacy and play with the people that they want to play, and they actually have the power to do so. And then three, they also realize the only way they can win is to team up with other players who are of that same caliber. And there's been so many, you know, little pockets of like concentrated stardom, right, in Miami, in the Bay Area, in um, what am I missing? In LA, 
right? So now players realize that they can't just go out on their own and win anymore. They they have to team up and they might as well try to, you know, make friends or be with their friends when they do so. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure the NBA loves it too. I mean, just think about it. This whole pod, like, all it's been like is speculation <laughs> and player movement. Like, we have no, I don't think, like, in a lot of the pods that I listen to now, like, the, it's all about this and no one actually really talks about the actual basketball that's going on. Um, well, you know, you guys, a lot of it is you guys know I love NBA Reddit. And to be honest, I don't think I've seen like a single highlight on the NBA Reddit front page. It's all been <laughs> interviews and tweets and random articles and talking about these. Talking about these, but trades. it's kind of perfect because the NBA yeah, season because... I think is a little bit too long, <laughs> and just like baseball struggles with it, this is right now we're like kind of in the dog days. Like the beginning of the NBA season is great because like it's all fresh. We've been waiting for it for so long, and then as we get closer, like mm-hmm. past the all-star break like a couple of weeks after the all-star break then everyone's making a playoff push and then it's like who's gonna get in who's not gonna get in and then obviously the playoffs are really exciting but i feel like this this now has started filling in like the month month and a half before the trade deadline is now filling in like all of these speculations and rumors but i bet you once the trade deadline passes and once the all-star break passes then it's all going to be speculation about the summer for a little bit but probably more so about focusing back on basketball and uh, I think part of also why no one's talking about basketball right now is because it's a foregone conclusion that the Warriors are going to win the championship. Uh, so we're just we're all just wasting yeah, time I this year that... to to see what this off is going to bring to see who can possibly bring down the Warriors, if not the Warriors bringing down themselves yeah. by by perhaps KD lose, uh, leaving. Yeah, especially now with Boogie there and like it just you watch them and you're like, oh, okay, God. like if this team if, if everyone's healthy, like there's no way they're losing. Like it's it's a foregone conclusion. Yeah, part of me was hoping um, Boogie was like a sleeper agent that was gonna go dismantle the Warriors on the He might, he but, might. Uh, now there's reports that Clay might leave. I mean, th- this has never come out in the past before that Clay might not be a warrior for life. I mean maybe this is all Boogie. Boogie's whispering in his ear and be like, Come leave the team. Maybe he's a, he's yeah, a double I mean, agent for uh, Adam Silver being like, dude, the NBA needs some parody. So let's let's send Boogie, I the mean, most uh, <laughs> the most controversial guy, into the franchise. Get a couple technicals, show um, Clay what having fire inside of his heart is like, and then leaving. Yeah, I mean, in in a way, the Warriors winning the finals this season is going to be the best thing for the NBA because you know I, the Warriors players are like, all right, man. We we get it. We won these championships. We don't need it anymore. KD leaves. Clay leaves. Boogie Ghost gets paid, and the the Warriors are left with KD and Steph, or I mean Trey and Steph. I think that's the best case scenario for the NBA right now. <laughs> yeah. Um. I just wanted to quickly touch up on like some rumors that I was seeing today. Um. See what you guys thought. So Nishai, I saw like possibly Drew Holiday to Philly. Um, and I think it was going to involve like Markel Fultz going to the Pelicans because I think New Orleans just wants to like sell everybody now. What do you think like Drew Holiday on Philly? What team was Drew Holiday on before he went to New Orleans? Exactly. I think <laughs> I think this is a perfect match made in heaven. Uh, I think you know Drew Holiday, good shooter, good defender, uh, doesn't always need the ball in his hand, isn't a high maintenance like star. I think he even said that he'd really only been in New Orleans because. He only re-signed his contract in New Orleans because of because of AD, and now AD is likely going to be gone. I'm sure he's going to be hoping to get out. Um, I think this gives Philly a little bit more of an edge going into the playoffs because you know in the beginning of the season everyone was talking about the Celtics and the Sixers as like the front runners in the East, and now it seems like the Bucks and the Raptors have sort of captured that um, with with yeah 
the East is like turned out to be much stronger than we all thought because like the Bucks Raptors are really good. Sixers are like I mean their win over the Warriors in Oakland last night was very yeah, twenty twenty game by Embiid. Um, yeah, like they're, they're a really good team. I mean it's I mean unfortunately the Pacers are gonna fall off now. So I think it's a four team race. Like uh, if the Eastern Conference semis or some I mean it's gonna be some combo of Bucks Raptors Sixers Celtics like that's gonna be incredible. Um, can I just remind you the Nets are only three games behind the Celtics? We have a shot here. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> we have a shot. <laughs> here comes Deep with this <laughs> Nets fan. But I think I, I'd love to see I'm Drew just Holiday saying, coming I'm to just Philly. Saying. Um, I think he would fit right yeah. in. And the, and the other one that I saw today was um, possibly Mike Conley to the Jazz with like Ricky Rubio going back because he would be an expiring for Memphis. And I think the Jazz know, like they're not a free agent destination, so they'd be okay with taking on Conley's money, especially with uh, Donovan Mitchell yeah. still on his rookie deal. You think Conley's a good? I fit don't on particularly the Jazz? think so, um, and that's because I think Donovan Mitchell plays well as a you know off ball. But we saw in the beginning of the year that uh, you know Donovan Mitchell started off a little bit slow, and as he's had more reins on controlling the ball and controlling the flow of the game. He's come on a lot stronger, and I I think Mike Conley is a really really great player, and I think he can change a franchise um, not to a championship level, but at least to somewhat of somewhat relevancy, maybe into the playoffs, at least in the Eastern Conference, or maybe you know back into the playoffs, fighting for a playoff spot in the Western Conference, um, in the right situation. I just don't I don't see the fit with Utah, besides that he plays good defense, and Utah is a good defensive team. Yeah, and the playoff experience. I guess that's the only other thing. Do you think Memphis will move Conley before they move Gasol? It seems like it because I think more teams are interested. And if my if uh, Marc Gasol pay, he has a player option, right? And I think it's he's for like twenty five million. Oof. So he's probably yeah. he's got team. Like I, I'll drop my player option, but it makes no financial sense for him to do that. Yeah, um, I wouldn't either. Today, Draymond uh, clowned Rudy Gobert. Oh yeah, that fight. So, basically, oh for crying. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, and then Draymond clowned him on t- Twitter and be like, oh, "I should have cried too." <laughs> I, it's just incredible. Like the NBA, like NBA Twitter, I think is like the absolute best at this Draymond point. should never clown another NBA player. The only reason he's as successful as he is is because of everybody else around him. So he has, like, no stock in, in, in clowning any NBA player. Like, I'm sure you were crying, too, after you lost Game 7 to the Cavs <laughs> and were asking for KD to come to the Warriors. Oh, my God. Savage. <laughs> Oh man! Well then, bef- right, before guys. we end, uh, predictions for Rockets Nuggets tonight. Yeah, I like the Nuggets as oh. well. No sixty burger man, from Harden. Oh, yeah, see that, that that's the thing. Like, I... good this year, and like no one even cares about them because they're not involved in any transactions. Yeah, I mean, I, I heard it, I heard one that would kind of make sense, which is like using tra- trading away Jamal Murray to. Get another superstar? No, 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 no. Jamal Murray is a AD. superstar, dude. But he's definitely shown potential, like with this, like. I think they. Sh- I think they should look for a, shoot- a perimeter shooter if, if somebody's available. Dude, they got Will Barton. They don't need another perimeter. Shooter. 
And Deep, you for, you're for, forgetting your boy IT still not back yet. Oh, true, I did forget about that. No, I'll be when he comes back. <laughs> but yeah, I think we hit about a good amount of points yeah, you know on what this podcast. Say, NBA is good. Ready to sign off? Yep, <laughs> basketball is very good. <laughs> basketball is very good. <laughs> Alright guys, let's All sign right. off on this pod. Till next okay. time. Who knows what's going to happen by next Thursday, the trade deadline. <laughs>